Buying a house can be an exciting time, especially if you've waited for a long time beforehand. However, the process of buying could be stressful depending on the various circumstances. What steps would you take? Where would you start? Are you scared that you can make a costly mistake? Don't worry. We've decided to have this episode just for you. And by the end of it, I promise you, you would think that it's not that bad. My name is Jeff Goh. Welcome to Financial University. Hope you enjoy our new episode. Let's start with our first tip. The type of property you're looking to buy. Would you like to buy a flat or a house? Usually flats are sold as leasehold properties where you don't own the land underneath, but you only lease it. For example, for 99 years, or in some cases, much more. You would have to pay a regular service charge and you might have to renew the lease at some point. Houses, on the other hand, are normally sold as a freehold property, which means that you own the building as well as the land on which it has been built. But not all houses are freehold. That's why, please check with the vendor whether the house you're interested in is freehold or leasehold property. If you'd like to buy a house, would you want it to be a terrace house, semi-detached, detached or a bungalow? You would need to decide on whether you'd like a newly built property, which is more expensive on average, or an older one. Usually the price is lower for a terrace house, while bungalows are much more expensive. And this leads us to our second point. How much are you willing to spend? Or how much can you afford to spend on a property? You need to have a look on sites like Rightmove or Zoopla and find out what are the prices you'd be comfortable with. The price will vary between the different types of properties as well as the area in which these are located. If they're in a well-sought area, then chances are that you will need to pay a premium to buy the property. Number three, how much deposit do you need? Most banks will offer you a mortgage with at least 10% cash deposit. Of course, the larger your deposit, the better the choice you have, and you'll be able to get a better deal on the mortgage, which means that the interest rate will be lower compared to the smaller deposit. If you don't have sufficient deposit to pay for your first home, you may be eligible to get help from the government via Lifetime ISA. And all the details you can find on www.gov.uk forward slash lifetime dash ISA. So you have to be minimum 18 years old and below 40 to be able to open the account. The maximum you can pay per annum is £4,000 and until you're 50 years old. The government will then top up what you've already saved and add 25% on top with a maximum of £1,000 per annum. This means that you've been, if you've been saving for 10 years, the maximum per year, £4,000, 
you would get 10,000 pounds free money or altogether 50,000 pounds. Right, it's a good deal, isn't it? As long as you qualify and as long as you're willing to pay each year. Depending on how much deposit you need, it might take you a few years before you're ready to buy. This will require you to be saving monthly and regularly and be prepared to have a good financial discipline. Currently, the average price for a house is £310,000. So I'd suggest you to try to find a house that's below that price, for example, £250,000 and maybe put a deposit of 25,000. Don't try to buy the dream house with your first purchase. If you buy just a nice house and live in it for five years, the price should generally go up and you would have paid off a small chunk of it already after the fifth year. And that will allow you to have more equity in the house if you sell it and then buy another one. Now, a rule of thumb here is the 35 rule. Your mortgage monthly payments should be no more than 35% of your gross monthly income. So that's on average. But if you want to be more prudent and uh, go with a more cautious approach, maybe there's another rule for you, which is the 25 rule. Or the mortgage monthly payment should be no more than 25% of your gross monthly income. You decide. Of course, the lower the mortgage payment, the better for you because you're going to have more disposable income. It would be good also to check your credit score as soon as you can to ensure that you have a good score as the higher the score the better the chance that the bank will approve your mortgage application. You need to be aware of any potential issues like missed payments, return direct debits, or in some cases CCJs, which might prevent you from getting a mortgage. Number five, once you've clarified all of the above and you're ready to start looking, you can go to a mortgage advisor and have a chat with them. They'll be able to run an application for you and advise of the next steps with an indicative amount of how much you would be able to borrow. Of course, if you want to go ahead with the mortgage advisor, you have to pay an extra amount of fee for their services. Alternatively, if you feel more confident, you can go online to any of the major banks and get a decision in principle, which if approved will confirm approximately how much the bank can lend you so you can go ahead and start looking. The decision in principle won't leave a mark on your credit profile as it's only a soft search, meaning this is only what this particular bank knows about you. The final application will include the full search on your profile. If you've done your homework and you've checked your credit record, you should have no surprises here. Number six. Another thing to consider is your income. If you be applying together with a partner, you would be able to add up both incomes and increase your chances of getting a bigger mortgage. Banks are usually ready to provide a mortgage amount from four times, four and a half times, or even in some cases, five times your income, your total income. 
If you're employed, you will ideally be on a permanent contract or at least have a job offer. If you're self-employed, you'll need to present the last two years accounts from your accountant or HMRC self-assessment tax return. Now, it would be good to consider the following. The higher the amount you borrow, the longer it will take you to pay off your mortgage, the more interest you'd be paying. So think like that. Is it wise to borrow five times your income versus four and a half times or even four times your income? The less you need to borrow, the better. Don't push yourself too hard. Also, the shorter the term, the less interest you'd be paying if you can afford this, of course. You need to strike the right balance and try different options. Maybe for the first purchase, you can borrow for a longer term, example, 30 years. But then if you're remortgaging, try to reduce the remaining term by a few years, as long as it's affordable. Number seven, consider whether you need to pay stamp duty. This is the tax on the purchase price of the property. Currently, if your property is under £425,000, you won't need to pay stamp duty as a first-time buyer. Number eight, legal fees. As a first-time buyer, you'd still be liable for legal fees for this purchase. So, in some cases, banks are able to cover most of those fees with certain mortgage deals they have. So, choose wisely. Number nine, valuation. The basic valuation of the property which the bank requires to ensure that the property is worth the amount that it's being sold for. Some banks cover this cost as part of the mortgage offer, but unless that's the case, you would need to add roughly 300 to 500 pounds to the total cost of buying the property. And the final tip, Number 10, once you decide on a house, you'd be able to make an offer and if accepted, go to your bank or your mortgage advisor and complete the full application. Hopefully, you'd get approved and start the process which might be quite lengthy. In some cases, as the solicitors usually take a long time to complete the various checks on the property, then follows the exchange of contracts. And finally, the completion date, which is the day on which you'd be able to obtain the keys for your property and start moving. I hope this has been helpful and you enjoyed our session. As always, if you have any questions, feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at finance at proclaimers.com. Thank you. Bye.